in today's episode of Little Pod that could. Uh, I have had a fun conversation with a friend of mine, Matt McGann. He's a de- designer at Nike, and we've been friends for, gosh, probably 20 years. So we do some reminiscing on some old times. Um, but he gives a lot of good insight into what it's like to work for one of the most dynamic um, companies in the world. Um, also, sort of what he does as a designer and how he crafted, honed his craft, I guess. Um, yeah, there's a lot of really interesting things in there and things I didn't know, even though we've been friends forever. So I hope you enjoy the pod, and here it is. All right, welcome to Little Pod That Could, my guest today, which I'll introduce in the intro, mm-hmm. Matt McGann. He's a, did they just call you a designer? Because uh, you have a degree in fine arts. <laughs> that's, that's all you could find on there? Yeah. I have a bachelor's of fine arts, but yes, it's like, a graphic Do they call designer. you a graphic designer or yep. a designer? I am a graphic designer. My job title, I'm global packaging designer for Nike. Okay, so can you just be classified? Is there a difference between a graphic designer and a designer? Yes. Okay. A designer, and there's even concept designer, there's visual designers, there's motion designers. So designer is just, it's a, it's a blanket term. You could be, but my specialty is graphic design. Somebody could be a product designer. There can be just a flat out designer that wears many hats, that knows how to edit, uh, knows how to product design. Uh, can also lay out, you know, UX, UI design. That would just be a blanket designer. Um, that's kind of where I, I think I fall because of my background of wearing many hats. Uh, just this specific job that I'm at right now happens to be in packaging. And it, so it's more along the lines of a product graphic designer, I would say. But my degree is in Bachelor of Fine Arts in Visual Communications. So when when people ask you what you do, do you say I'm you're a graphic, a graphic designer? designer. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. It's a long, long-winded. I know it feels the same way. She's not a fan of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so <laughs> the first question. That's how. Anyway, uh, it's so, nap time uh, for me. Um, so we've been starting. I, I'm sure you probably aren't listening to the podcast ever. Me? Yeah, I haven't listened. Oh, you yeah, have? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. I've All checked right. out four or five. Okay. All right. That's pretty easy. I haven't. I'm the one person out there again who hasn't seen Game of Thrones, so I skipped over those. Yeah. Because I don't want. So did everyone else? Right. Oh <laughs> uh, no. But still, yeah. it's, you know. Hey, you're out there doing it. Um, so I skipped over Game of Thrones, and then. Uh, yeah, the last one, uh, I'm trying to think of the last one I listened mental to. Mental health one? Wasn't the mental health, it was, uh, your, your buddy Sean. was a barber. E.T. the barber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Dude, which I feel, I gotta have him back on the pod. I didn't, I'm so, this was before I was doing research for the pod. I didn't realize that guy cuts, like, all the NBA guys' hairs. Oh, really? Yeah, like, every time Giannis comes to Portland, he cuts Giannis' hair. I didn't ask him one question about that. He cuts Lillard's hair. He cuts, like... All these guys' hair, like he cut Zion's hair in summer league. Like, mm. 
I didn't ask him one question about that. I was like, oh, <laughs> that I'm, I'm surprised he didn't bring it up. Yeah, right. Well, I say, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm like, I'm an idiot. Like, yeah. I miss this huge part anyway. Yeah. So, I am gonna have him back on. I do want to talk about that. I want to talk about how that evolved. But anyway, yeah. I so, he's got a story behind that. Yeah, right. So the last couple though, I've been talking to a lot of guys involved in fighting, and I thought it'd be kind of funny to start every episode just talking about people's grappling history. Because some people have have and don't. You do actually. Yeah. You were uh, so I kind of want to talk. We talked a little bit right before we started recording the pod about um, your real grappling love, which was WWE, <laughs> but which we'll get into. But I don't, I, it's WWF, dude. I, don't, I know, right? Yeah, See, I, so you're weird. old enough that I was like, oh, man, because like it took me a long time. I fought that for a while. I, I was it. like, even when it was a WWE, I don't I was like, get sued, WWF. Come on. Yeah, but anyway, okay, so aside from that, wait, first of all, who was your favorite WWF wrestler? That is a great, I'd say Shawn Michaels. Man, everyone in your generation was a huge Shawn Michaels fan. I I just didn't get it, yeah. To me, he was me when I was that age because he was a little kid wrestling, you know, in his living room, and he loved wrestling, you, you know, and that's what he made his life and his career out of. So that was him doing his thing, his passion, and I think that's why I like Shawn Michael, but again, he wasn't like my number one. I mean, obviously I was on the Stone Cold train. I thought, okay. he, was, I thought he was, <laughs> he was epic. He, to me, that was the Kanye West of that time. Like, yeah. dude, he was everywhere. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome to go back and watch the documentaries of that time because they were just making money hand over fist licensing yeah. his brand out. Oh my gosh. I was team rock at that point, but. See, but that time, when I watched it, it wasn't Rock. Rock was still like uh, a B B lister. Him and Triple H had their feud going on. Um, he was Rocky Maivia, um, yeah, doing his old Nation of Domination stuff. That's when he converted over to the Rock. And yeah, anyway, I'm really dating myself right now. All right. So anyway, <laughs> back to I love that. Back to wow. grappling though. So you were a successful high school wrestler, right? Uh, I was okay. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I would say that wrestling was probably my best sport I, I played. Was it my favorite? No. Um, and was I successful? Yeah, I won a few matches, but it wasn't like I was winning state and winning tournaments. But um, I wrestled essentially to stay in shape year uh, for baseball. Baseball was my number one sport. I loved it. Um, and when I would come out of wrestling from winter, I'd be so much, my conditioning was, I was 10 times better than anybody running and all that stuff. And probably should have done track, honestly, because of the conditioning, but baseball's always been my number one love. I, I love, I probably had the most success of any sport playing, playing baseball. But as far as grappling goes, I had probably the most natural talent wrestling. Uh, because of my body and then me being the youngest of three boys, Mulder brother's picking on me. Mulder brother was a wrestler. He was scrappy. Uh, so yeah, just to survive in my household, I kind of had to learn a couple moves and learn takedowns and whatnot. But and you know, the other guys have been kind of jujitsu guys, and that's a real cerebral grappling sport. But what have you? What did you learn from wrestling? Learn how to fight. You learned how to fight. Yeah, I okay. would say that's number one. I don't have, and I've been in a couple. Of situations that you know I'm not too proud of, but I learned how to de-escalate the situation by throwing people in some wrestling moves or 
performing some wrestling moves. One is like a front quarter that works well in a fight. Um, but just little things that like you learn how to take downs and you can keep people and you can hold them there. Even people twice your size, you know, how to throw a head and arm, uh, how to do an underhook, um, even getting out, right? Getting out stand-ups, getting out and just, just getting away from people keeping people's face away that was a big one too it's you can't do anything without your face was 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 a big unlock for me that i realized like you can push a head away and yet you, what you can't see you can't you can't hit so go after the head um uh but yeah does that answer your question yeah i, yeah, I haven't sure. thought about that in a while yeah that's the whole point that's what was cool you know added on that though was a lot of my friends wouldn't mess with me even though i wasn't big I mean, 160, you know, when I graduated high school and into college, got that's still I was like 180. wasn't big by any means, but people knew I had a wrestling background. Just like now, you see somebody with cauliflower ear, you, you probably shouldn't mess with that person. Yeah, for sure. And that's how they felt, All right. which I kind of liked. Any other grappling stuff? You ever tried jiu-jitsu or... I've rolled two or three times, and I didn't like being on my back because of... Because uh, of wrestling. Of wrestling. Yeah, it's for sure. How you lose. You, you're trying not to be on your back. Hmm. And I didn't. I couldn't really understand. It was a tough that to adapt. What? Yeah, it was tough to adapt to that. It was for me. Hmm. Okay. I have definitely have interest in it. It's an awesome workout. Looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really cool with people choking me okay. <laughs> out either. All right. So. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, okay, so then the origin story of like how you got into design and doing design stuff, were you, because I don't remember, I mean, but I, maybe I just, I'm old, so I don't remember things. Were you into like art and stuff when you were younger? Like, have you always, or like, where did you acquire that interest in? Well, the sto- yeah, the story I like to tell, even when it comes down to interviews for my, my job or a new role, um, I always center it around Nike because I played sports growing up, and my family's very sports centric. Um, so I obviously, I had all the posters on my wall, and I remember thinking, like, there's somebody out there who, like, literally designed that, like, drew that poster out, shot a photo, put it up there, printed it out, and I was like, that. I wonder who did that, and that'd be, that'd be fun someday to do, and I can specifically like pinpoint a certain poster. It was a. Uh, it was a Griffey poster, Ken Griffey Jr. Griffey in 96 was like the presidential campaign button and it was just his face. And I remember being like, oh, that's a, obviously he's not. And I remember that time I must have been fourth, fifth grade or something. I was young. And I remember thinking, oh, that's a concept. He's obviously not running for president. Oh, they're selling his shoe, but there's no shoe mentioned. I just was thinking like, that's crazy. That's, that's advertising. And that, so then I started researching advertising and that's when I saw learning Photoshop before Photoshop was Corel draw, which is not around anymore. But so learning that learning Corel and just learning the programs of how to manipulate pixels in Photoshop um, and selling like getting into like websites and banners. And that's kind of like was my evolution into graphic design. What what years around was that? Uh, it would have been 96, 97. Okay. 98. So early because I mean early way too young. Internet was like 94 ish. Oh, yeah. So yeah, I mean AOL was still had their yeah. platform out using keywords to, you know, Google wasn't even around. I remember being in like Netscape Navigator. Yeah. 
designing websites, web pages. You know, that's what they were called back then. So you were doing that. I was back then. teaching myself web page design and HTML at sixth, seventh grade. Yeah, too young, but kept me busy. <laughs> Uh, but on the outside, I was playing sports. I was a total jock, and I don't think I really expressed that I knew websites outside of you know my web computer computer one computer two class in school. Was it just because you didn't want to, or were you like embarrassed about it, or? I always knew a lot about computers. I I can remember being in elementary school, and every time you know something was wrong with the computer, Matt, can you come up and help? Because I had a Mac, a Macintosh at home so I could help the teacher out with the one computer that we had in the classroom. So I was never like embarrassed or shy about it. Um, I just wasn't, you know, part of the AV club or anything like that. I didn't associate with it. I just did it on the side and just learned as programs came out, took advantage of um, educational, you know, those, those, how they give out free educational programs and whatnot. I can get through my, my parents who were teachers. Um, and just try to learn and soak up as much information program-wise. So I wouldn't say I was, like, into art at all. I mean, I drew cartoons as a kid, you know, would draw wrestling people. <laughs> but I wasn't, like, you know, studying Bauhaus or, you know, reading into Mark Rothko's color design theory or anything like that until So college. it was more like the technology side. Yeah, I was learning. Was I was definitely setting myself up for learning the programs and design concepts will come later. And did you, were you aware of that? Were you like, oh, I'm teaching myself? Because I mean, you were young. Yeah. Were you still cognizant of like, I'm learning how to do this? So like, was there an end goal in mind? Uh, yeah, at Nike. That point? I, since lying in the bed, I said, that's my goal is to be a designer at Nike. Okay. And I think okay. I haven't, I've definitely, that wasn't a straight course to get there and to, to do what I'm doing, but I never, straight away from that you know focus and every decision I said I, I remember doing that so every decision from that being you know being in elementary middle school and high school I would help out designing t-shirts for the sports team so something I could add to my portfolio to get into college to then I would every project I try to run through that sports lens so I can build my portfolio to get that internship to get to Nike and so and I would 100% distill that down to probably the being having the sports background of having the goals and achieving that goal, which so I didn't really, really know I was doing at the time. Yeah, but it was intentional. Like what you were doing, there was intention behind it. Interesting. Okay. And you've had two stints at Nike, right? Yes. And then Red Steer in between? Yep. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'm just curious, like, in that – because, you know – you. Your career has been, I don't know, 15 years now? About 15, yeah. Okay. Over the course of that time, like, what kind of roles have you done that you're like, you know, and like, how is that, how has it evolved? Because you've had, like, you know, what you were doing at Red Steer is a lot different than what you're doing now, yeah. I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. And like, what, first, because I mean, I guess, I guess I'm just kind of curious to know, like, what kind of skills have you really picked up in this that you like? I don't know, like what different roles have you had and what what has that, how has that impacted your career? Mm. Well, it's, I would say in the career wise, I didn't get the Nike internship like I had set up and planned for. Um, I got it 
at Reebok, which is great. So it's not like I went to and was crap. There? I didn't get Nike, so I'm gonna okay. go take a job at some design house and design, you know, coffee logos. No, I, I had I had a plan, and every plan was gonna uh, help me get to that point. So it's kind of like saying, uh, I want, you know, I need to, I need to, you know, go lift, you know, my legs. So I'm not just only going to do squats. So I'll go over and do, you know, leg extensions. You know, it's just, you're going to help out that same part of the body, but doing an extra, a different exercise to get to the same goal. Okay. So it wasn't depressing at all? Like you put all this into like... Oh, I was super depressed. Okay. All right. So then... Not to mention my girlfriend at the time got the Nike internship and I didn't. So that was even... That threw a curveball. But it, looking back, I was... I, I could have taken the attitude of being like... Being super depressed. But I actually just said, screw it. I'll go to, the com- I'll go to your competitor and learn as much as I can, which was Adidas, right? Adidas owns Reebok. So essentially, I applied for Adidas internship, which should have been here in Portland, but then I got it in Boston. Working, it's, it's I worked at Reebok, but working for Adidas Group. So I worked on uh, sports jerseys, NFL at the time, NHL, and college jerseys as an intern. Hmm. So that's ultimately what I wanted to do for Nike. Right. And was that a good experience? With great experience. Okay. Great experience. Met some of my long-term lifelong best friends doing that um move pick basically after graduation 2007 from oregon state next day literally had the party ate cake packed my bags flew across country while my girlfriend stayed here worked for nike um i packed up my bag landed didn't know my roommates they picked me up at a 7-eleven we all gave each other a big hug, and there's one of my best friends for, you know, my lifelong best friend was one of those dudes. So it's really, really great experience. Um, and the, and that was a good experience for me to learn that the grass isn't always, you know, it's always greener. It's not always greener on the outside, but you can learn from that experience. Now, did it, sure. since that experience was so good, did it make you question whether Nike was the answer? Like, did no, you ever go? No, because at that time I still was focused. And at that time we were working at Reebok, right? And it was like, I had to hunt for Reeboks to, to buy here. So when I show up, I'm not wearing Nike, if that makes sense. I remember I found like one, like white on white skateboarding shoe in Foot Locker at that time. Like we just, there was no West Coast distribution of Reebok at all. Um, but we'd come home after the internship, we'd all throw on our Jordans. <laughs> and Nike, even though we were working for Adidas and Reebok, which I thought was a little weird, but that was what was trendy, and that's what you know we were doing being twenty something in two thousand eight. You know, right, right in Boston, a long time ago. It's, um, it's longer than I want to think about. Right. <laughs> okay, so then tell me about like because uh, at Redster you were kind of in charge of like marketing. Yeah. Right? So that was I went from a big time corporate. So from the internship. I took a, uh, uh, what they call it, a contract worker. So you sign a contract. So you sign on for a year, six months with Nike. And they, I got signed on in, a, in the equipment group, uh, basically blowing out regional package design of all the translations of all the packaging for all equipment, which is a lot of files per season. They work on a seasonal uh, kind of playbook and it's, so it's fall, holiday, uh, spring, summer. So four seasons, 
and all those SKUs in all the different regions and all the different colorways. And I was in charge of all those files and that was a lot of late nights. But being a, you know, I learned a lot about corporate and how to act in a corporate setting at Nike. Um, and it just got down to it that I, I, get, I was working week to week. I didn't know if I had a job the next week. And of course I did, of course I did. Um, but I was trying to be, you know, Mr. Manager and stick up for myself. And I said, you know, I can't live like this. So I, uh, I had a friend's company, the Atwoods. Um, they had a, they had a gig for, they needed some design help. I showed them some work I was doing at Nike, basically helped them with how to communicate with factories for product. That's what Red Steer does. They import, um, gardening gloves from the factory, just like Nike does, but Nike imports shoes, right? or whatever product. Um, and I showed them how to communicate properly instead of just on a spreadsheet, what you want. I did, I showed them how to do a visual kind of like a blueprint. It's called the tech pack. And so that was very valuable. Learned that, took that to basically the red steer and helped them develop their lines and streamline their products. Um, and eventually wore many hats there. I wasn't just making tech packs and designing, you know, graphic design. I was doing marketing design, websites, catalog design, uh, experience, you know, designing booths, um, exterior, you know, graphics on, on a building, you know, that just, it's a small company and you wear many hats, you know, so got great experience, learned how to, what it takes to start and maintain and build a, build a business and go after a certain market. Um, and then took, just wrapped up that knowledge and pitched it back. I realized that I'm at the top. I'm not going to go anywhere else here. Um, and so I decided to get back into the corporate Nike because that's always been my goal is to be Nike employee, which I am. Um, and that's when I went back and took a job in Nike golf doing packaging. Um, and then from there, uh, I was offered a job in global packaging. So now I oversee all global apparel and equipment socks and bags and is this like uh where you're at now are you like content with where you're you're at are you trying to like you would see this other five years from now you like to be in this other role like what yeah i definitely have a, uh i call it an idp which is uh, uh an individual development plan so i definitely have a five and ten year goal uh and they make you do that at nike right because they don't want people stagnant but they also want you, it looks good on your manager if you move on to a different role too as well. So um, I definitely have plans to move on to a different role. Every day I'm jockeying for that role, waiting for the right opportunity um, to come about. Um, and how do you figure out what the, what the right opportunity it, yeah. is? I know what I want to do. I want to work. I, it goes back to kids again. It's that focus of baseball. I really want to be on the baseball team and work on baseball product, which right now for Nike that's on field jerseys. So I've been, I've been uh, making my pitch and uh, meeting, talking and interviewing people for informationals, um, just for any opportunity. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm currently working on, aiming at right now, I'd say. And if it doesn't happen, that's fine. But I still, I'm waking up every morning like, okay, what can I do to progress my career? And some of those, you know, then that's kind of what they encourage you at Nike to do. And yeah, that's what I was going to say. Do you think that Nike's culture fosters that? Because, I mean, I see a lot of organizations, and that's not what happens. People kind of get stuck doing what they're doing, and then they don't really have 
much ambition to progress and move on and do you think that Nike's culture fosters that and if so how how hmm. they encourage managers to hold one-on-ones pretty much monthly I, I would say even twice a month check in what have you done to who have you talked to how have you how have you expand your network you know this week what are you thinking about how can I help um, so are they heavy on networking? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And is that what they, you know, because to me, I, I've struggled with that when I was coaching. I kind of felt like there was sort of this like good old boys network. And that was like, if you weren't in that, it made it tougher for you to progress. And I felt like if we put my coaching chops up against any of them, I could go toe to toe and be fine. But I didn't get the same opportunities they had because I wasn't in the circle. You weren't in the circle. And so it kind of made me like, I'm kind of like, a, I don't want to be, if there's some kind of exclusive club, I don't want to be in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because I want to be in a club that is like, I, like a rising tide lifts all ships. Yep. Like, I feel like the club should include everybody. And so networking to me, I have this kind of weird relationship with it because I just, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like, but is that what Nike yeah be um vulnerable right and and put your guard down but yeah they foster that i mean i just came from here from it was a team meeting but it was a barbecue but it was celebrating you know last year's financial success that we had as a group as a collective group yeah it was a lunch but we're networking that's networking too because then you're checking in with people that maybe you haven't seen in a couple couple months just staying on people's radar talking just talking to them it's not like you're showing up with business cards and being like, Hey, what, what do you got yeah. working on? Yeah. But I, I'm not going to lie to you. I have literally stopped design directors and said, Hey, can I rename your files? Which is like not something anybody ever does literally. And it's, but it's beneath, it's clearly being, you know, as higher as level designer as I am naming files. That's so silly to do, but I stuck out in his mind and yeah, a week later he called me up, help him out with the project he was working on. So it's just like little things like that, keeping on people's radars, bugging them uh is what they encourage actually and they ask they say keep bugging me keep bugging me and they say you know be be annoying you know but not and so it's more of like an informal networking right okay i see so like <laughs> we actually fostering have, relationships more exactly because so that's the one thing i don't like about networking is like when it's not real it's not genuine it's like you were talking about like show business cards and yeah hands about like i do like, like trade building shows. relationships oh, and i do think that's trade shows. i mean I, th- I feel like people get stuff done when they work with people that they know and they trust you know i mean i think more is accomplished in those settings so i'm a fan of that but so you think nike fosters that type of culture yeah they encourage it for sure because it's interesting because nike is one of those companies where there's a very few companies that when you mention people are automatically like when I, and I had this later on and but it just came up, but like the Nike effect, you know, like if I said when I was talking about the podcast, if I I tried it a couple of times, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm having my friend on as a graphic designer. They're like, oh, that's cool. And then I tried a couple of times and said, oh, I've got my friend coming on. He's a graphic designer at Nike. Like, oh, damn. OK. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and I call it the Nike effect. Like there's something about that about nike that is so you know it's it's the big leagues for designers i mean it's not it's not they're hiring everyone you have to be you have to be legit and know your shit and it is considered the biggest design firm in the world i mean we have over i 
thought it was over a thousand designers. Designers, just that's title, whether your product, graphic, concept, whatever your designer you're doing, you're crafting an experience in some way. Yeah, we, we that's were, how that's how many they employ. That's the biggest design house in the world. It was interesting because I hadn't thought of it like that until you mentioned that when we were kind of talking a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, that that stuck out. I was like, oh yeah, I guess it is. It's interesting. And everyone know? is, you know, the cleanup hitter. Every they're all heavy hitters, and it it, can, it is a little uh, intimidating. Not gonna lie, um, but uh, the way I look at it is that you know we all put our pants on the same way and. <laughs> and you know it's we're all doing we're all selling shoes at the end of the day you know is it competitive at all because i mean nike is sort of a sports you know it's based yeah. on everything is sports based and part of sports is competition like is there but that can be kind of a really negative thing in an organization like how does how does nike handle competition i haven't seen competition for jobs interesting so it's it's totally collaborative yeah it's almost like i have this problem Here's here's where I'm going. What do you guys think? Like that, like the the opportunity I was talking about. Me mentioning, hey, can I rename your files? Well, then he talked to another friend of his that they were having a quick little design charrette, and they said, hey, I need some ideas. All hands on deck. Anybody can give us 30 minutes of their time. Come up some ideas. And so I was sitting around a circle, and we we're just sitting there sketching with sharpies. I mean, it's not like we're all sitting there plugged into Illustrator and sharing files. It's you know we're sketching. We all had 10 minutes, we listened to music, then we all presented, went around the room and said, okay, great, that's all I got, I gotta go to the next meeting, you know? And that's how a lot of those collaborations I've seen happen, which is super, super encouraging. Have I seen competition? No, but most of the competition is done before you get the job, right? Of making that connection of the recruiter, who's, who's a hiring manager, emailing them, make sure, you know, you're on the list or you're on their radar for the next opportunity for when something else comes up, you know? It's not just putting all your eggs in one basket and then saying, oh, well, I tried. It's like, yeah. <laughs> that's like going to the free throw line and shooting one, one shot and being like, oh, well, I'm done, you know? I don't know. Just thought of that. I don't know if that's any useful or not. Yeah, interesting. And how are you, because, you know, you're sort of in the spot, you know, 15 years in where you should be kind of like at the top of your game, like your skill set should be pretty sharp you know you've been doing it long enough to actually like how do you keep improving at what you're doing um i would say like like program proficiency wise my job that's i'm there like i i i it's funny because people ask me hey what's your experience you know with with adobe and i say oh i'm a jedi like that's how i feel in adobe i'm a jedi master but it's my role. What's what's good for the role? How can I improve this role? How I can get faster, and not streamline or outsource my job, but like that's what we're constantly in within Nike is like, hey, how can you save the company money but be faster, right? That's what we're all trying to do is get the product to market faster, cheaper, you know, to the consumer. And how's that start with my role? So in packaging, you might not think of packaging as anything, but yeah, there's a lot of uh, I would say wasted time that I can be able to to come in with a new idea. For example, I do a lot of photo shoots. That's a lot of time wasted shooting and taking photos and getting those post work done and then placing them in files, waiting two weeks for a press check, you know, then signing off, then going to production. When we live, you know, we 
how can this be done quicker, faster through digital? You know, so that's that's people have been asking. And that's like one way I've streamlined my job, but also learned a new skill in different programs to streamline that. I know I'm being weird and going around it. It's because I can't really talk about it. Okay. (laughs) But if you use, I mean, I can we can talk off the pod about it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess I was just saying, like, are you being intentional about trying to get better at your skill set? Like you know, this deep in, are you still motivated to like, Oh yeah. Well, for one, the programs are always changing, coming out with new stuff. Um, so that's really cool. But yeah, I, I'm not ashamed to say, yeah, I Google stupid stuff that I should know how to do, but then I just look at it real quick on YouTube. Like, Oh yeah, that's how you do it. It was really lame. And I I can, I can admit it. It was, it's called a halftone. So creating a halftone, which looks, it's, the halftone is dots, and that's how you make a fade on a graphic. And I was trying to create a big halftone graphic, and I didn't want to just jump online and pull something from Google or create little circles and do it myself. So I was like, there has to be a way to do this real quick. And sure enough, it's two clicks of a button in Illustrator. It's just in a menu that I've never used. It's actually a Photoshop filter within Illustrator, which seems that's not what you should be doing. But I get it. And once, once I, once I figured it out, looked it up online, yeah, it took five minutes, but learned a new tool, new way to do something. And that can help me now with not only my job here, but my screen printing gig, you know, halftones is the key in screen printing. You got to know how to make halftones. Yeah. And so let's get into that a little bit too, with the screen. Tell me, tell me about that. Cause I mean, I, I, we were joking about it, but like when I was looking for stuff online, you know, most of the time I'm able to do some research and find some stuff and we'll get into that too about how, but there wasn't anything really online about you except some expired websites and <laughs> some super old photos. But, uh, you probably so found the photo from me, my first website in 97. I don't I mean, in middle school that I made for a class. It's funny. If you Google it, you can probably find it. I'll anyway, show you sometime. <laughs> tell me about this. Tell me about this screen printing gig. Tell me like, what's that about? Like, what is that? What are you doing with that? So, yeah. So I've, I've been kind of, I do production work for a screen printer, right? An entrepreneur who started a company and uh, his jam is selling to schools. So doing uniforms, jerseys, um, PE uniforms, right? Not like, not like sports uniforms, which is, it just it's it's a cash cow um you're printing one color graphics thousands of times and charging school dollars for it right so i've been doing that since i since probably college just helping out on the side and it's not steady work it's just kind of like quick little hey here's two maybe two three graphics that you need for jobs a month um and he works it you know he's got his own business and i'm just kind of helping him out i've uh through that learned how to do in rip separations which is what you how you separate the graphics and image separation for uh screen printing for every and so through doing this job all these years that set up my print background and for me to understand that um to get into this packaging right because it's printing it's offset printing and knowing how to separate colors and how the whole printing process works um, that job kind of, I was asked to help out and I've been kind of helping out for the last 18 years. Huh. And so do you, cause it sounds like you keep mentioning anytime you take on a new role, you keep mentioning like what you're learning out of it, like what you learn from it. Is that 
part of how you make decisions about things like you're looking for not just you know obviously it's going to pay you for something but what else what skills can you develop from those opportunities mm. i don't think about it making the decision no but it helps to reflect on that when having these conversations be like oh yeah I, he needed a designer i needed a couple extra dollars but then now looking back, that's that was the start of me understanding really the print print process. I had done screen printing in high school. You know, we had actually had a screen printing class. So that's actually where I learned how to actually make a screen and screen print, manually do it. Um, I just never really did any of the separations part of it. Um, and that's kind of what I've been doing. So I guess to answer your question, I don't think about opportunities, how that can help me to the next one by ex by making a decision. It's always... When I'm looking for another opportunity, I use, I, you know, draw from the past to create that mm -hmm. story, hmm. essentially. Okay. And do you have any, like, entrepreneurial goals of your own? Like, you're trying to start a business or, you you know, you're, I know your wife is heavy, heavy into this yeah. entrepreneur thing she's doing. Me personally. So, yeah, yeah, you personally. I mean, yes. And I would say that, um, yeah, so we have the Tiddly trailer that my wife started. Um she's a teacher so she does that in the summers on the side and it's it's been awesome experience with that and she's rocking it she's killing it but um i would say I mean, we're hoping to have her on the podcast eventually too you right? should to talk about some of that stuff she's a great conversationalist she'll have more questions for you than you have her so be prepared for that but uh yeah she's she's the greatest um but for me as far as like opening up a design business or doing any of that, I have. Well, it doesn't have to be that. No. I just, do you have any entrepreneurial goals? Like you're, you want to start a, I don't know, whatever you want. Like, do you have, any I hope to some, so you ask me about my five to 10 year plan at within those five, I would say within five years. Yeah. I hope to have be my own boss and have my own business and what that is. I kind of have an idea. Um, I'm just, you don't again, it's it. just, yeah, okay. it's part All of the right. reason of, uh, and I'm not being, it's not like a new thing. It's just, it's yeah. part of that reason why you can't find any inf information on me online. I mean, part of the reason I'm sure, uh, at this point in your, your life, <laughs> 15 years into the career, four years of college, what do you still love about design? Ooh, that's a great, that's a great question. Thanks. Good man. for you. Thanks. Um, it's kind of what we're trying to do, but you know. <laughs> you ask good questions and you get yeah. answers? Yeah. Huh. Huh. Yep. <laughs> you know. What I like about design is that it's, there's not one answer for it. And it's very subjective. And there's many different right answers for it. And it's all about your experiences, what you bring to that, what all, your whole life's experience, what you bring to that when you see it and how you feel, that's what that design does to you. So, um, what what gets me going about design is I, I mean or about my job i love my job i was i joke about it but i actually did today i was walking up the stairs clapping doing a slow clap pumping my fist like i get to work at nike this that's it you know but i'm not done but what i also like love about it is it's always evolving and you can challenge yourself within it you know it's not like you have you're going i'm going into work yeah i have my tasks i need to get done that week but i do those and then what how do I grow? And that's what I love about it is you have the opportunity of learning new skills and your skill set. We call it a toolbox. So you have a toolbox, right? You, you got wrenches and whatever, all your tools in the, in the toolbox. So what else can you add to that toolbox you can take on to the next job?
that's pretty that's not nike but that's just kind of common business i would say I, I learned that probably at the at red steer it's like what can you bring to the table huh. all right and what frustrates you about design i would i part of the reason probably my my frustration is uh I would say they, you have to be social. You have to be on social media um, to be known. Well, you don't have to, apparently. You don't have to. Not. It definitely helps. 100%. 100%. But I I made a point not to. Uh, and that's probably the most frustrating thing because I've talked to a lot of people who have a lot of followers who are I would consider influencers in design. And when they get real, they're like, yeah, don't it's 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 a grind it literally it's more than their job that they have to keep up to their followers to provide content and it's almost draining because they have to come up and be creative and act like they're living a life that they're not and that's kind of probably my frustration with social because it's like why do it just do what you want to do and to me it's a job people definitely live design um which is great uh but i think i'm at the point in my life that it's it's my career for sure and I want to be the best designer I can be, but that's, it's not my number one priority. Probably I've never had that answer. So <laughs> then you questioning somebody about their career. Yeah. It's not the number one priority. Mm -hmm. No, but that's so, yeah. So what, what is the number one priority right now? And, and how do you balance that with a career and, you know, family, your wife's business now? Like how, how do you, you know what so what is the number one priority i'm assuming your family right my yeah my family my daughter my my wife that we're okay that's number one priority and family you know obviously bigger greater family um design just happens to be my vehicle for me to provide um but i'm not out there in art shows and you know speaking for nike or anything like that nor do i necessarily think i want to be um but that's my number one priority is my family. And how do I, how do I juggle it? I just, I have the benefit of not owning my, you know, not entirely owning my own business right now. So I, at five, five thirty, can be done with work, get home, close the computer and not work from home, you know, uh, and be at home, which is, that's, that's a benefit for sure. I, you know, yeah, you talk about a job having benefits of healthcare and which is great but the benefit of having a work work life balance oof, that is that's huge right now for me especially with a two and a half year old interesting all right uh what habit or mindset is paying the biggest dividends in your life right now i would say see we got going we started talking yeah. about wwe now yeah, we're like dude, yeah now we're now we're getting into not it. watching WWE. All <laughs> <laughs> right. What habit or mindset is paying the most? I would say, honestly, I turned. So I don't know if this really answers the question, but what I'm digging lately, I used to hate my commute. I mean, I live, I live 14 miles away from my. When you live Beaverton. past, well, if you live north of Wilsonville, your life sucks. Yeah. you're in traffic all the time. Anyway, yeah, I, not to I, me. I can't do it. Okay. Anyway, sorry. So, so commute. As the crow flies, I'm 14 miles from my job it didn't take me an hour hour and a half to get there so i could be like complaining about it or i could look for ways to either work on my commute right i can take the max in and i can work or what i've been doing lately is just you know enjoying enjoying the commute 
and listening to or listening to audiobooks or podcasts that are going to benefit me. I'm not I mean, I love like we were talking about earlier. I love the pop culture podcast, but I've recently been on a, a, a finance kick. I just have questions about running a business because potentially I want to start a business um, and getting kind of my finances in order. So I've been listening to those books and podcasts and getting motivated and staying motivated that way. Has there been some, some of those, something in that space that you've really liked and you would recommend? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I, I've been on um, Everyday Millionaires by Chris Hogan, okay. which Chris Hogan, has, he's got the voice of a god. Um, so that's actually why I downloaded his audiobook because he was the one speaking in it. Um, but yeah, it, honestly, and he just, it's not, it's very simple, very easy to follow a plan. It's just pulling up the bootstraps and doing it. He, he actually said something. Um, he actually quoted somebody. It's, it's kind of funny. It's taking me back to C.S. Lewis who said, you know, you, you can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending, which I heard that I almost pulled over in my car. I was just like, yes, like that's what I'm talking about. Um, and I heard that on his podcast. And so that got me interested in being like, man, if he's got a couple nuggets like that on, you know, an hour podcast, what does he have in that book? So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so using the commute productively, what habit or mindset is slowing you down the most? Habit or mindset slowing me down the most? I can almost wrap this into the other question you're going to ask me. I know about the whole not being on the internet and social yeah. media. That's yeah. definitely. You've said multiple times to me having these conversations. Dude, Too you're, many you're, times. You're in your own way, Matt. Like, get out of your own way. Throw your stuff out there. Um, but I, ca I, I look through the lens of keeping my stuff close so I can tell my story. Um, and I think what happened was I got, I was an part of the early adopter of like Facebook when it was only you needed a college yes. email and it was legit a Facebook, which a Facebook is essentially, you know, your class yearbook. That's what a Facebook is. Um, I can remember getting on Oregon state Facebook, looking up by class people in my class to like have conversations with. And then we, people would post pictures. What happened was people post pictures of parties. And I had somebody tag me in a photo that I didn't upload and had my name on it and attached to my account. And that's when I threw up my arms. I just said, that's not cool. Like, I'm not okay with that. So that's pretty much when I stopped Facebook. I mean, I had an account, but never signed in, never wasn't social. Um, so that probably delayed my career for sure for not being having a presence or online. Um, but I could tell my own story through face-to-face -face contacts and conversations like this. So as long as I can get here i feel like i could i could uh, have real connections and relationships but this is social not media online too. social fake relationships you know what i mean like podcasting is an aspect of social media too you know i mean there to me i think i think that some of it there's a limiting belief that you can't control what you put out there you know what i mean it's like I mean, you're old now, so you're not going to parties anyway, but like, but, uh, you know, like, I mean, I think what should go on social media is like the work you're doing, you know what I mean? Like, especially cause you do, I would love to, that's also stuff. something too. I would love to, but I'm working two years out. Like I legit can't, there's no social media at work and Nike owns everything I do. Right. So I'm trying to protect the swoosh for one, protect me. Um, 
But yeah, there's a strong no social media. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. On campus? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's signs as you walk into buildings. No photography, no social media. Keep it tight. It's kind of our our uh, motto. Okay, because I was gonna recommend document, don't create, like just show, like you know, hey, I'm working on this today. But you can't I would love do to. That. Yeah, I can do it when it comes out. Yeah, well, and you could do the stuff that you're not doing for Nike, like these individual. Oh yeah, you know. But to your point, stuff. it's like I get home and I want to go back to work, man. I'm, that's that, that's family time. But that is the my number one habit is that I don't document and I don't share. Maybe, I mean, when you and I hang out, I I'm an open book. I'll share with you, show you sketches and everything, but. It's not, not not for me, social media, man. Never has been. I'm on it, but I'm living my best life on there. You know, if you get on mine, you think I'm a, you know, a surfer, beach bum, because that's where I want to be. That's my goal. But, yeah, that's, that's what I've always thought was interesting about it. Yeah, I think it. there's probably stuff you could put, because, like, you know, I was saying, we were talking about off, before we started the pod just about the online portfolio stuff i mean you could have like an instagram that has stuff that you've done over the last 15 years posted as like you know because then i think that tells a story too like the stuff you were doing 15 years ago probably is you're like oh gosh yeah you know? but it shows <laughs> you know that's one pretty dope that's one of the things gary v talks about is like go back and watch episode one of wine library you know what i mean he's like he basically just put the camera and turned it on and started talking and, you know, and then to see what he does Sharpen now. Sharpen sword over the years. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. Sure. And that tells a story, too. So, I mean, like, there's stuff you could, I'm sure, put up if you wanted to. You're absolutely right. Anyway. Will I do it? No. Maybe. No. Maybe. I mean, even with that one thing we talked about, Bill Simmons, like, you know, I mean, that was a great idea. Anyway, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not getting into that. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, if there's anything you can take from this, I mean, it can be that you challenge me to I've been to put myself you for years now, and you're still not listening. So, but don't feel bad because no one listens. Like I put up stuff, I'm like, hey, this, then people are like, yeah, yeah, you're right. I should do that, and then they don't. It's not so, about you though. No, it isn't. That's it's not about me at all. It's all, it's just, it's all insecurities it's, on my side. And that's it's. That's and that's you know what I put I did a post on that and that's yeah, and I thought you know I think it is two things, it's fear both of them are fear but one seems to be mostly fear of what other people are going to think about you, and the second one is fear of like I don't really know how to use that platform and I don't really want to take the time it's like too much like, mm, effort mm, to mm, learn how to mm, use mm, it and do it correctly, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's just like uh, you know, mm. so I think those have been sort of the two factors i've seen that stop people from doing that because they in theory they understand oh yeah that would actually be really helpful yeah. in multiple multiple different careers multiple different roles i've had that conversation people yeah yeah i totally get it and then none of them do it yeah you know so i'm definitely doing i'm just not doing me if that makes sense like we're doing it yeah. for the tiddly tiddly trailer yeah yeah um so we're definitely social and that's how we've gotten majority if not all of our clients um so definitely using the tools there it's just like i said it's not showing my work but yeah it's, it's probably my own design insecurities of of what i put out there um and again i like to go back to that a little bit though because yeah. i was thinking about that and you're gonna grill me about not being online and i was yeah. trying to think of like the moment and if yeah it was being at parties 
when somebody tagged me, but I can remember being on the other side of it. Um, we were in, it was at Oregon State and we were interviewing for internships for the next year. So as students, I had the internships. Of course, I had the sports marketing internship. So I was working with the sports marketing team with all the teams there at Oregon State uh, and all their marketing materials they needed. Um, so when people came in, it was a big panel interview and I can remember people printed out the people who were coming in for the interview their Facebook and here and they were pulling it up and they're saying oh my gosh look at he's drinking this they're smoking that we can't have that person and that's that's when I said that's not right like we're judging these people on their Facebook but of course that's gonna happen it happens to this day and not saying that I want to live that life but I just wanted everyone have a fair chance and that's kind of where I then stepped out and I was like yeah I'm not I'm not down with this social media stuff yeah, it brings up an interesting thing, though, because ultimately, you know, people think, oh, well, I just want to have my privacy. Like, mm, you think really, like, I mean, the algorithms and stuff that exist right now, I mean, it's connected all your stuff. They can, oh, yeah. you know, so to say. But you can have, you can, you can knock, you know, that ship off course a little bit by just not giving into Facebook. And inst who owns Instagram? So it's like, so they're, they're not not doing anything with your data is what I'm saying. So that kind of, I guess I saw that and I'm not trying to like toot my horn, but I saw the beginnings of it. Maybe I didn't know they're going to data sure. capture data mine this, but I saw the potential of, oh, OS, like, I don't think this is, this isn't right yeah. yet. Everyone does it because everyone does it. And I'm like, that's, and that, that right there, that trend, I, I, that's not good in my book either. So, yeah. Again, I still think you can control what's, you know what I mean, what's going out there. You know what I mean? I mean, just ordering beers here. Yeah, I mean, that's what's <laughs> about. You'll, you'll give better answers to get another one in you. But uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. I, I just think, like, it has – social media has real benefits, too. And I think that it's kind of like any new technology where there's going to be backlash. Like, And I do think – you know facebook and like they're doing some shady stuff like that did you have you seen that uh documentary the great the great hack or the greatest hack no but tell Talking me about dude, it tell me about it it's insane it talks about it's kind of the story of cambridge analytica like where they came from like how they like what they did and basically the biggest takeaway i took from it was one of the heads of cambridge analytica said that what they do what they did when they were mining facebook and helping Trump get elected is it's like psychological warfare it's like she said this is what we teach the CIA when we're trying to overthrow regimes in other countries oh my gosh these are the tactics we use totally. to, I mean that was in hindsight crazy. you could totally see what was going on totally somebody who was not on Facebook and was hearing about this I was just like oh my god they, you guys are getting played like obviously but, but dude, the thing is, you don't need to be on Facebook. They can mine your data from your email address. They can mine your data from all kinds of stuff, dude. And so, I mean, it's just like using your ATM card. Like, are you going to, I mean, that's tied into, they're pulling data from your ATM purchases. So what are you going to do? You're going to start paying for everything in cash? You know what I mean? So it's like, maybe it's almost an illusion maybe. of privacy. And then we're getting totally off topic, but, <laughs> but I mean, I really think that people think they have more control over their privacy than they really do. And to me, it's like, I'm not going to go out of my way to post like embarrassing photos of myself, but I'm also not going to be scared to put up stuff like blog posts I've done or 
this podcast. I'm not going to like hide from. No, I I'm get that. Promote this because I think what we talk about on the podcasts are valuable, and I want people to hear it. Right. You know, so because especially like I like where I'm at right now, podcast wise, because I'm not interviewing like these high level celebrities that everybody is interviewing, but everybody that I've talked to has good stuff to say. You know, so I'm like, man, like I'm exposing people to voices that they're not hearing. And so I like that space. Yeah. And yeah, that's another thing, too, with podcasts. You can tell they do their rounds. Yeah, they, for sure. And they all are on each other's shows. And it's for like, sure. what's going on here? For sure. But this way, like, you know, they're hearing voices that they haven't heard before. And I mean, I'm now started, just leaving work today. And my buddy was like, hey, man, when's the next podcast? Like, nice. listen to all these other junk ones. I'm, I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm going right now, you know? Wow. So, yeah, man, like I'm I just think I think that and I, I'm not trying to convince you to be on social media. I'm not. I know you're not. But Listen, I do think that for your skill set, it makes sense to put stuff out. And I get like, you know, there's some some, you know, rules with Nike stuff. But you've done so much stuff over the past, you know, over the past couple. Now you're now your thirst. Your thirst is quenched again. So we're good. My cup runneth over. But, uh, you know, I mean, I look at it now. By the way, we're at McMinimins. Just for everybody who's wondering mm-hmm. who's bringing just random beers. To That's true. <laughs> yeah, the podcast is blowing up so much. I just have <laughs> wait staff on, on tap. I they just bring it. beers. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I just think that for what you're doing, because I see social media as a way to have more people experience what you're doing. Like, you're talking about one-to-one contact. Like, jeez. You know, that's going to take you forever to get your story out there. So, like, even with this, like, if I'm getting 65 people on average to listen to it, well, that's 65 more people than you're normally getting. And then if you had a website or an Instagram where people could go and check your stuff out, you're more likely to have people check out what you're doing. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're right. So, anyway, so that's my case for it. And it has. Yeah. To go back to your original question, what are you doing to, you know, hinder your, your, your career? 100% that. But I think. The pros, in my case, outweigh the cons. I think or the cons outweigh the pros, I guess. I think, it's, I think it's a both and, though. You're looking at it either or. And I think it's a both and, dude. Like, you don't have to put out pictures of you on vacation. Like, like Gary Vee says, he says, I don't film 80% of my life. And he puts out content every single day. He's like, he's like I can't film, you know, my meetings with Chase and Budweiser and all the, like. He's like, I can't do that. And I don't put my family out there. He's like, but... The other stuff that he can, he's 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 capturing that and making content, you know. And I think you, I'm sure, if you looked at your computer or your hard drive, wherever you're keeping all of your stuff, over the last 20 years, you have plenty of stuff that would tell your story that you could. Oh yeah, that's actually a good little challenge. Go back to my like design school projects. Yes. Didn't even, you know. And yeah, and that's what I've been telling Tyler, like with his photography stuff. He's like, I never know what to say with the pictures. I'm like, tell the story. Tell the story. Where were you? What did it smell like when you were taking the photo? Exactly. And that's, hello. So go back to your design school stuff and tell the story of what was going on there. What do you think about it now? Like we were talking about Fantasy Factory, how I I watched it five years later and it seemed like, why the hell did I ever watch this show? (laughs) But at the time, I loved that show, you know? But that's the story and the perspective. Like, now it's interesting to me to to view that same thing five years later like think about your art from 20 years ago yeah design revisited yeah yeah 
Yeah. Kind of like so back that's to the future, what, man. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like Hop in the DeLorean. You, dude, it'd be sick if your website had the back to the future font. Yeah. And it was like somehow, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, absolutely. Or you had a section that was... But that's what I'm saying. Oh, like man. That. Yeah, that's actually a great idea, Kevin. Just show, hey, back to the future. Hey, this is where where I was thinking when, you know, I was just a little pup. Yeah, man. exactly. And then hmm. tell the stories of that. That's what... Because, I mean, ultimately... And, and lessons you learned and how you use that now. Yes, hmm. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I can think of three or four projects. I actually Hello? still have a project in my portfolio from school, which is unheard of. People only show, like, stuff they've worked on the last year or two. But it's one of my best logos. I'm proud of it. Uh, I honestly didn't even get a good grade on it. But I keep it in there because it tells that story. And I'm like, this is – teacher was crazy. She didn't know what she was talking about, and this it, is dope. It'd be great to tell that story too, right? Like, that's so – so that's all I'm saying. I just think that, you know, you don't necessarily need to have – like all of that, you know, you don't need to be posting your own personal life on there, but you can be posting this. You I know, guess that's stuff what I get it. from it. So I think I don't right. want to contribute to the fatigue. And that's what I'm saying. Know? So it's not an either or to me. It's like a, you can do both and like you can keep your private life separate, but like you sh- you're good at what you do. Like people, more people should see that. I should, I should share. You're yeah. right. You're absolutely so anyway. right. Anyway, so that wasn't too hard. I mean, it came out <laughs> a little bit, but it wasn't like terrible which actually leads me my, to my wife's gonna just lo- love that too. okay good because she, she's been good um oh geez interesting but anyway um so that brings me to this question here what is what is your marketing strategy for yourself marketing strategy for myself what's my like because you do a lot of let me start to interrupt but you do a lot of like anytime i feel like you and i talk about stuff i'm like oh yeah okay that it gives me clarity on like strategy like okay yeah that makes more sense i should definitely do that you know what i mean and it's like i feel like you help like your ideas around marketing are always super helpful but then i look at like how you're marketing yourself i'm like yeah i you're right i'm so yeah so i'm asking i definitely would fire myself as a marketer for myself for yourself yeah Yeah. for myself but my ideas from entrepreneurial background that i have and design now and design school and everything I, I would think for an employer my ideas I mean I, I I'm not talking about I think they're great <laughs> but for myself my marketing strategy is to get to this conversation even though this is a podcast how can I get to this conversation and show my work and tell my story that's usually my how that's what I try to get to and if I can get to that spot with whatever goal job or whatever it is that I need to get to business meeting I typically get the gig, job, or role. Excuse me. So that's where you've had success. You feel like so you go back to sort of the yeah. Designers can't talk. If you if you've ever met a designer, they just they can sell. They can talk about a story or maybe present their work, but they can't have conversations. They're not personable. They can't ask. They it's just kind of known. They're kind of known for not having good personal skills. Why is that? I would say it's because they're. Uh, you know, I would just. It's just kind of a. Because it's a technical crowd? A lot of artists, you know, aren't good conversationalists. They don't. um, My we are doing some generalization here. Yeah, we are. Obviously, there's people out there, and not everyone falls under that bucket. But when I would say people meet me, and they they're surprised to find out that I'm a designer. Like, wait, what? Oh, wow! Like that's usually the remark I get. Like, yeah, it's he's chill. He's not uppity. You, You know, that's usually kind of the 
the words that people think about a designer and they it's kind of snobby because they're artistic yeah okay that makes sense because they're creating the future you know or whatever it is it's like all right guys you know we all put our underwear on the same way you know um but to answer your question about the marketing strategy i've always kind of framed my story around sport because i knew i wanted to be at nike so and then i could tie back into my past of playing you know three sports all throughout school um my dad was an athletic director you know i just was around sports to this day obviously still around to this day um and so always trying to tell my story of design through the sports lens and that's kind of how i've always marketed myself but it's what you try to do is get to the one-on-one conversation okay all right and then tell your narrative there okay all right because at the end of the day i realized like sending off email texts or like your resume i mean how long do you look at i mean i don't know last time you looked at a resume but i was i was listening to a podcast about it's ken coleman i know i'm in the dave ramsey uh on on, on his tip. universe yeah. yeah and he talks about how you know 30 to 60 90 30 to 60 seconds that somebody will look at your resume so it doesn't even matter what's in there you just got to have you know content um and it's all about relationships so if you can get that conversation or have somebody vouch for you that you know for a job that's how you get the job and which i thought was very that's spot on that's how i've gotten all my jobs and this actually kind of leads into maybe to the next question. So if you're in a room full of 15 to 20 year olds, what do you tell them? Well, what's the question? You just have a chance to give them any kind of. Oh, work. wow. That's great. 15 to 20. This is funny. Actually, I had this happen recently to my brother and I, my, my brother-in-law and I, we were um, in Bend and uh with our families and babies so we wanted to be a little loud so we actually went outside and had two rando 18 year olds 18 19 year olds saw us out there like what you know came up to us out of the blue what are you guys doing and then they asked us that question hey you know we were hanging out with them they you know we were freaking pbrs or something and which i didn't supply to not them i didn't they were they were drinking but i did not supply it to them i said i can't i can't be involved just say they weren't contributing to delinquency of minors (laughs) i just can't do that um but anyway we were having it was funny they asked us that question hey you guys you guys are in your 30s (laughs) what would you say to like 19 year olds and man that was a great question because it was like what what an opportunity to go back to to be in that age and so i think my advice i i I said to him i wish i would have saved more money and not spent my money that time when i was that young i was trying to get material things when and probably eating out a lot eating oh every meal right Mm -hmm. come on never never made food (laughs) yeah making food is like frozen pizza right at 18 19 uh just said i wish i would have saved saved money and not went into school debt student loan school debt those are the two things i mean because it took took a long time to get out of school school loan debt which kind of brings me which everyone was doing right but now looking back on it it it's so silly i went to i went to in i went to oregon state it's in 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 state if i would just save my money worked not spent it going to the nike employee store <laughs> but if i would have saved it i could have cash flowed it and i wish i would have because that would have set me up for my late 20s early 30s for sure okay that was good that was good 
And then the final question, yeah. Do you have to you have to like announce it? Yeah, exactly. You can play I some gotta, like I gotta sound let effect. Know that it's like this is the that we're coming to a close. We're rounding uh, the corner, as we, as you used to oh say. Gosh, get out of here! <laughs> All right, so <laughs> the funny thing is, you and I are the only ones that understand that. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so the last question, dickhead, is uh, what makes you happy? Uh, that last you know, talking about old times, reminiscing. Um, what makes me happy? is um a great question currently or like in life life man um i think you asked me this question too a long time ago actually i have another question for you but it will be after this okay what makes me happy um is knowing hmm, knowing that my family is safe and secure and having a plan and working towards that working towards that plan that makes me that's when i'm at my happiest i would even say you can even distill that down to even my day-to-day i'm the happiest on the weekend even though i'm supposed to be like doing nothing but what if my wife can just say hey i have these three things i really need help with and i have a list and i could do it cross them off and when i'm done with that list that makes me i'm the happiest because actually accomplishing something work you know having a goal accomplishing it that's probably when i'm at my happiest okay Interesting. I like it. Yeah. All right. Did you say you had a question? Yeah. Gosh. Uh, Well, it kind of goes off of the happiest to you. So what would you say makes you happiest? And then I'll ask the question after this. Oh, there's like a, is this like a choose your own adventure based on what I say? No, no, I'm still going to ask the same question. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Uh, And you asked me this, I think we were like, Man, this must have been, if I've been in my career 15 years, this has to at least been 20 years ago you asked me this question. Yeah, I know. Did you say something different at that time? Ooh, I just brought it back. Ooh, I remember what I said. And I was a kid, so I probably didn't ask you the question, so that's why I want to ask you now. Uh, boy, that's, it's weird, because I, I am sort of the same way, too. I like working on stuff like i really like side businesses like i'll go home we at work people are like oh man i'm so glad i'm done after i'm like going home to like prep for the podcast right. yesterday sure. Sure. record the podcast today either spend the rest of the night editing and posting it or post it tomorrow then promote you know, like but i like that stuff i like doing that i like moving towards the goal i really liked when i was growing cannabis i liked that i could work for myself i really liked that i liked the schedule i liked I, and I like the fact that as I get older, I have less and less friends because the people that I do spend time with, I'm like deeply invested in. And well, there's a therapy too to gardening, right? As well, right? I mean, it's like yeah. you're growing something you're seeing, the fruits of your labor. Yeah, legit. yeah. That was a weird because it's not like just I don't know because it is weird when you're like supporting yourself off of it though too. You know, because, like, when you're just doing a hobby garden, it can be like, oh, wow. And I do remember the first time I cut down the first harvest, I was kind of, like, sad because I'd been nurturing this plant for, you know, four or five months. But, yeah, it wasn't so much of, like, oh, this is this therapy. It was just, like, I really enjoyed it. 
and I had never grown anything before in my life. And that's what, like, I, I kind of, I like, you know what I'm happiest? I'm happiest when I'm learning, you know? And I'm, like, developing new skills. I'm, like, doing new things. I'm trying new stuff. As I, that was a new skill. For yeah, you. for yeah, sure, 100%. Right. You know, just, like, personal training, just, like, marketing, you know? Like, I mean, and it's it's also frustrating, though, because, like, there's not a lot of people like that, and so you are kind of an outlier, and so you don't fit into, I don't fit into like normal societal norms, and I'm okay with that now, but it does make it hard like to get a job. Like you know, I'll go and try to get a marketing job. Like, well, you don't have any, you know, you don't have a marketing degree, or you know what I mean. Right. And it's like, but I think to myself, like, I went to school in 2000. Like, if I had a marketing degree at that point, it'd be obsolete basically because social media didn't even exist. Like, then you know, there's no digital like. You know what I mean? In 2000. Yeah, and you're doing it, though. I mean, you're marketing this. You're marketing. You're helping out your current employer with their marketing. Uh, and that's 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 the way you got to do it is get your experience on the job training. Yeah, yeah. But it's weird because there's still a little bit of like – and I think the internet is disrupting that. I think 10 years from now it will be totally different. But there's still a little bit of like, oh, well, you don't you didn't, you haven't had a marketing job before. Well, how do we know you know how to market do you have the internet? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Like, I, get on the internet. Yeah. Exactly. You can see exactly. that. I, yeah, you know, but it's so... Anyway, I'm getting off topic. But I, I think I'm the happiest when I'm learning. and Yeah, probably more so than doing. I really like learning. Learning, yeah. 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 Learning and having conversations. You're, that's... that's your, your number one skill, when I think of Kevin Turner, is uh, having conversations. So that's why I thought the podcast... That's perfect. That's exactly what you need to be doing. Because you, know, you, have, you have great questions... You listen, you respond, um, and you're interesting. <laughs> you know, you're not, and that's what I've always thought. That I thought that was going to be your answer, so that's good to hear. Learning. That's great, too, because can you imagine not having the Internet right now? Like, that would be like, what are you going to do, go to the encyclopedia? Well, and the crazy thing is we're in the information age, so, like, learning, I feel like, is, like, the most valuable skill. If you can learn something faster than everybody else, you're way more valuable. This is the Matrix. You know? Yeah, remember, for remember, sure. Remember the Matrix? We were like, oh, what? That's sci-fi. Bro, that's 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 YouTube on your phone in your 100%. pocket. 100%. Whoa. Um, my other question though, to sorry to yeah, stop yeah, that no, period good. new paragraph, but yeah. the other uh, the other question was uh, you asked me what the meaning of life is. Jeez. Do you remember that? Yeah, of course. I was on the religious kick back then like Do you, Oh, was it a religious question? 100%. Oh, that's not my. That's uh, <laughs> my answer I think my answer to you, I said, "Oh, meaning of life is success and Leaving a legacy is what I said. Okay. That's a good, like, 18-year-old answer. I would almost say that now. I would okay. Because, like, and what does that mean? Yeah, well, I, at that time was, like, Well, I'm saying, like, you say that at 18, but you don't really understand what that means. I didn't know what like, success was. Yeah, and legacy. And like, le- legacy when you're 18, you nah, don't think I about. No, I just knew Michael Jordan. Yeah, point, you know? like, that's like, what you've heard other people talk about. And you just, yeah, but now you're right. Yeah, now, now knowing it and seeing it, that it's possible. You know, and there are different ways to leave a legacy, other either good or bad. <laughs> yeah. Online or not online. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would probably still answer the same way. And like I said, with the whole everyday millionaires and the Dave Ramsey kick, there is a way to do that. And it's just crazy. I've always I've always was jealous. I was envi- not jealous, probably not even envious, just kind of. uh I was intrigued because a, f- a friend, a friend of mine, went to school because his grandpa or uncle or somebody in his family, basically invented and had the patent on um, on TV wall mounts 
for years, had the patent on it. So then he, they dumped and they had a family trust. And that's how, hey, you go to school, we'll pay for school. It's paid for out of this trust. And I always thought that was really interesting. I was, cause I was like, oh, how many millions do you have to have in the bank to just send kids in your family tree to school for free? Like, like, whoa. And I always thought about that being interesting. That's something that, you know, that's not possible. But then like now doing a little research and knowledge through podcasts and actually running the numbers, it's very possible. <laughs> it's very possible to do. It's just you got you to be intentional about what your their goal is and you have to have that plan. So that's where I, that's the legacy part that I was like, that's a perfect way right there. And so to go back to asking you the meaning of life and I said success and legacy, what, what, how would you answer that? Gosh, this is getting deep. I know. This I didn't mean like to. I, this is... Is it winning uh, the tag team championship? Yes. Uh, WrestleMania? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, see, and it's weird because when I think about legacy, I don't think so much about being able to, like, a financial legacy. I think about, like, can I pass on, like, the things that are that I find best about myself to the people around me? You know what I mean? Like, that's a legacy. That's a I legacy, yeah. Be, you know what I mean? Would that but be I your th- answer, though? No, 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 no. I don't think so. I think for me... It's weird because it's almost more. I don't. Yeah, it's tough uh, is it, because is it to walk with Christ. <laughs> no, no, that's not. We shouldn't laugh. Like <laughs> I know that. it's not. It's but at the time, that's what you. you yeah, you, yeah. You were sending sure. me a loaded question at the time. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. We probably even prayed after it. Right. Probably, probably. I think now, I don't. You know, it's weird because it's like when I think back on that time. Just the thought that you could ask that question and suppose that you had an answer for everyone is like a weird thought to even think like, oh, well, I'm going to ask you this and you're not going to know. And then I'll just tell you what the purpose is. Mm. Like, that's a weird. Mm. That's weird to me. Yeah. Now. Yeah. But that's when you were you were a teacher, you know. Well, not yet. Not yet. No. But you had the. I just yeah the mindset was, of a teacher you know yeah for sure and I still do I still have a mind I still like t- training and teaching and I mean I still I like all of that but I I mean I think now if I was and it's might be I guess it's selfish like I just think like if you can be content with your life like you're like man I I lived a good life like that's to me the purpose like are you happy like not like happy like eh, you know but like you're like because content to me is a, is different than happy like if i died tomorrow i'm like okay i'm content with what happened in my life you know what i mean because i don't think a lot of people are like that no and so i think that's hard you know yeah i think like having good relationships is difficult like i can name only a couple people i know that have good marriages and i can name even fewer who have friends outside of those relationships that are close and meaningful and not just like fantasy football buddies or you know book club friends you know what i'm saying like it's like real relationships are difficult and like having a job that you actually enjoy is really difficult and so to put all of that together yeah like that's 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 a life is what you're saying yeah for sure Hmm. and so i mean i think and that's, you know, you're thinking about other people and like, you know what I mean? I'm thinking like, I just want to like be content, but I do feel like that 
will spill over into creating a legacy. You know what I'm saying? Because especially, I mean, think about that. Like if, when you think about people that you admire, it's because they have a lot. They At least they seem to have those pieces in place. Like, wow, I want to be like that. So it, they're not thinking, oh, I want to have an impact on this guy. But it's automatically creating that because like Joe Rogan is a perfect example, I think. That dude does what he wants to do. He gets paid to do something he loves. The podcast just came out of nowhere because it was something that he enjoyed doing. Like, what a crazy, you know. And now he just, he has the freedom to do what he wants to do. People are like, man, I want to be like that. But, like, he didn't develop that and be like, oh, I want to, like, really impact people and have them. He's kind of had to take on that role and wear that hat where he's kind of not been himself lately. You know, going back to old older podcasts because, you know, he's, he's, he's a brand. Bernie Sanders now. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right. Like, and that's one of the things that almost I don't listen to his podcast as much now because I enjoyed it more when it was more real and it was more authentic. And now I get it. Like, you can't really be that guy anymore. And that makes it tough because I wish he almost I feel like he could be that way. But it's like he's making a lot of money off that podcast. So it's hard to like. It'd be a tough Take call. the risk, yeah. you know what I mean? I wouldn't want to make the call. I wouldn't want to be in his shoes. Right, exactly. I would probably do exactly like what really he did. It went from really fun to like now it's his job. And that's – you make your fun your job. I know that's the whole idea, right? It's like do what you love and you'll you never work a day in your life. Yeah, but yeah. I, I, I always said like, man, I, I, I act like I don't know what that is. Like, man, I love my job and I do. Are there days that suck? Yeah, dude. Meetings, meetings, have meetings to talk about other meetings. Like that's not, I'm not, if I, I learned something at the, at Red Steer was like, if you're, if we hire you as a, okay, if you're a salesman, if, if you're a salesman and you're not selling, there's something wrong. So like if I'm a designer and not designing and I'm like, the company's losing money. So like, that's what I've always looked at being like, we're not optimizing our time here by having meetings for meetings and meetings. And so, yeah, those days are can can suck and yeah at the end of the day do i get paid yeah it's great but it's it's but i love my job but i guess you always find different ways to i don't know i guess it's at the end of the day it's a job you're you're a slave to your the lender or the employer at that time who's paying you money to do a job and you need to do your job so i think if you can find a way to do what you love and not succumb to changing you but you're going to change, right? He even says that too. Every five years, he can't apologize. He can't talk about himself five years ago because he's an entirely new person. And that's the thing. Like, I think that's a good thing, though. I, I think, think that's, that's valuable. Too. You know, I and I don't think, like, with the podcast, I feel like the podcast has shifted. I don't think he's changed. I think how he approaches it has had to change because he's interviewing Bernie Sanders, interviewing, you know. Elon Musk and stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. It's not, he's not having, you know, Joey Diaz on again for the fourth time at Eddie Bravo and talk about <laughs> UFOs. Like, I mean, he's. He has to kind of <laughs> walk into space now where he's almost seen as a real journalist, which I don't, that was definitely not his intention No, when he started the pod. I mean, he's he's definitely influencing. I mean, the whole Area 51, that was yeah. all off of his uh, Bob Lazar interview, which is crazy to think about. Uh, I do like, though, that he questions a lot of things, and he doesn't just drink the juice. He's not an Eddie Bravo. He's like, look into it. You know, he's not that kind of guy. He's just like, no, you know what, here's both sides, and let's get real about it. But you do make some good points. That's what's nervous about it. So, and he's willing to talk to people who want to have a conversation, which is, great. and and he's not like, he'll have, 
Bernie Sanders on, but then he'll also have like Stephen Crowder on. You know what I mean? And Ben Shapiro, like he'll have and Alex Jones, he'll have you know, which is great because you, yes. you get more than just five to ten minutes or even thirty seconds of them just screaming at each other on a television. I, I can't tell you last time I watched a cable news, you know, one of those panel interviews. It's like because the moment I found that I can get them long form and actually have them explain. Like him having Tulsi Gabbard on, that was amazing too. Like she was, she was amazing on there. Yeah, and then I was like, Sanders, I'd vote for her. Totally. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. that's it. And then I heard Bernie Sanders not yell and scream. I was like, oh, you're a sane dude. Like you just come off crazy because you need to make an impact on the greater America, you know, to, to have your point across. And that's you marketing, right? But if you can go on and do that long form talk and actually show your roots a little bit and show who you are and your concepts and explain using English and not just yelling. It's like, that's, that's, that's a far stronger marketing tool than these, you know, cable news networks. Which I don't understand. Cause he only had an hour on there with him. And I'm like, if I was a presidential candidate, I would try to be on Rogan for two to three, like really low lay out your, you know, your ideas and your story. But, and I think they'll get Which there. He, eventually. he had Andrew Wang on there and it was just yeah. like, all right. Yeah. Yang. Andrew Wang? Yang? I think it's Yang. Yang. I think so. Universe, basic universal income guy. Basic universal income, which was a thousand dollars a month. Which, okay, I mean that's that's not. Yeah, I heard a lot of economists, but we, I don't. Know Why what are we talking about? Yeah, I don't know. We're talking about design. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about what makes us happy. Now we're talking no, about. No, no. Why does it always go that way? The whole point was though <laughs> that I was saying like, I guess I see it as like if you take care of yourself, then it'll naturally have a positive impact on the people around you. So I guess yeah, like, for influence, me, like, yeah. yeah, so for me, it's like living a contented life, which is tough. Like, I mean, like I'm saying, like balancing a job you like or a career you like with, you know, your relationships and, you know, your hobby, whatever else comprises your life. How do you make that the best it can be? You know, that's that's the thing. Yeah. I would I would agree with that. Dang. Okay. How do you think you're doing on that? Uh, I mean, hit and miss. It's weird. Like certain areas, like business wise, I think I'm doing okay. Like I'm pushing, I'm moving like health and fitness. Not good. Not as good. You know what I mean? Like that's, I'm more focused on that relationship wise. Like, uh, I mean, that's hit and miss too. So, but that's what I'm saying. All of that is hard and requires like constant attention. But I find myself focusing more on the things that are easier for me to manage. You know what I mean? So, like, work stuff is way easier for me to manage because relationships require more energy. Energy, yep. You know, and health and fitness, like, that doesn't come naturally to me either. Like, I don't like working out. I like eating bad food. And so it's work to change those habits, too. And what, what's a quote? Like, nothing, nothing worth doing wasn't hard or something. You know what I'm saying? Like, all hard work. Is something that you, you know or, or but i take the approach of like let me pick which hard work i want to do right you know what i mean right. which isn't good right. i'm not i'm not saying that's a good strategy no i'm saying that that's i do that to my own detriment yeah you're just hyper focused on one area not well all but aspects. that's not necessarily good like you no. but you can play oh you know i'm just totally grinding i'm just on my on my thing just work you know but then you look and you're like well i'm neglecting this area and this area and this area you know so yeah, I think that's that's tough. Yeah, but you're constantly. What's good though about it, if there's any positives, that you're constantly checking in with yourself and being like, man, why am I feeling off? 
oh, that's right. It's because I haven't, you know, moved my body recently. And, oh, if I move my body, oh, it's because I'm sleeping in. Okay, wait, if I wake up early and move my body, bang, I can check two boxes, and then we're ready to go for the day. I already accomplished things. Um, you know, it's just something like that's kind of way I've been trying to, like, instead of being down on myself for being like, hey, I like, man, I haven't worked out. But be like, okay, tomorrow I'm going to – gonna gonna get up oh okay i can't get up early okay yeah all right well then in the middle of the day i'm gonna try to go you know instead of taking a lunch hour i'll I'll scarf my food down quick go for a run or at least go for a walk you know just get outside right and that's the way i've kind of been framing it recently it's like yeah i'm not running miles but at least i'm moving my body and getting outside and breathing non-circular air you know and that's that's kind of those if i can play those compromises with myself and actually do something like that's when I get, I'm more happier at the end of the day, I suppose, hmm. is my answer. Okay. Those are good questions. <laughs> Those are good. Normally, I ask all the questions. That was kind of nice. I was nice hoping to change of pace. Hey. Yeah, you're mixing well, it up. I wanted to learn more about you, so that's why I wanted to ask questions. Hey. And I, I know the listeners do as well. I mean, both of them are very <laughs> interested. So my mom knows me really well already. <laughs> Thanks, mom, again. Uh, okay. Yeah. Is there anything else? That's, that's I would normally I'd like hey plug your stuff tell me where you're at but you know you probably have like an AOL website somewhere <laughs> I do have my AOL instant messenger yeah your alive. instant messenger is still alive you can hit him up Matty Wet 55 yeah um, Matty Wet 55 no my wife's <laughs> business Tiddly Trailer yeah check that out Tiddly Trailer someone actually doing social media yeah. correctly okay <laughs> yeah plug those her. plug those no I do have an Instagram um, Matty Wet with one T M A T T Y W A T but like I said, I think you just motivated me to kind of dig up those old uh, design and maybe so. maybe speak from a, a professional standpoint, looking back yes. at like designers, you know, uh, a student designer work. Oh, man. Yeah. There's one or two in there that, that might be good, but there's about 10 to 12 that's just like, what was I thinking? But that's good, too. Like, that's part of the story as well and shows your transformation. 100%. I mean, okay, good. I hope so. You'll be the one. Like I said, no one no listens one to listens. me. I tell them, they're all like, yeah, you're right. You're totally right. I'm 100% I'm on. I'm on it. I'm going to go home and do Those it right Those people now. are annoying, aren't they? Just never do it. So Those people are so annoying. Well, no, I'd like to end the podcast with uh, something to that, though. And I don't know. It, it's actually it's actually a Bible verse, the Proverbs. Okay. 14.23. Do you know this one? No. You don't know? Okay. Well, it says, all hard work brings profit. But mere talk leads only to pro- poverty. Dang. Which I heard that on, again, with uh, Chris Dave Hogan. Ramsey. Yeah, it's just like, or, okay. man, all hard work brings profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. It's like, wow. Yeah, I know we're sitting here talking, but you got to put, you know, pull up the bootstraps. Do that, execute. do that hard work and do the execution. And that's crazy. It's Proverbs. Yeah. Basically said there's talkers and there's doers. Which one are you going to be? It's big. I love it. Yeah, that's good. I love it. Look at that. You tied up the podcast in only a way to... Did I just start my own podcast? Maybe that's my business. uh, Maybe. (laughs) Maybe. I mean, you'd probably have more listeners than I do right away. Have all these... You'd be, you know, interviewing CEO of Nike, you know. Be big time. If Mark Parker wants to come on my podcast, that'd be great. That'd be my first... (laughs) Yeah. That would blow you up right away. Like, right. You'd be like, you know, so. All right, cool. Anything else? Nope. All right, man. Thanks for being here. Thanks for inviting me on. Yeah, dude. All right, later.